You are now entering the mind of one of rock's greatest musicians, a former singer of Styx. The exclusive podcast, Come Sail Away, with Dennis DeYoung. Hey kids, it's Dennis DeYoung. And uh, my last couple podcasts, I made the bold statement that, you know, I like all different kinds of music. I can usually find something I like in every genre of music created. And the first thing I talked about was death metal by putting my finger on a page in, you know, musical styles and just starting rapping about this stuff. And remember, these are just my opinions, just like yours. They're no better than the next guys. They just happened to gave me a microphone to be on this radio station with you. So... I immediately began to contradict myself after I realized there wasn't really much in death metal I liked. It was the first thing I talked about. Uh, I could, I, you know, I could appreciate the the skill set that some of the music, musicians have, but as as far as I've said before, songwriting, singing, things I like the most, uh, there wasn't anything there for me. And then I went into punk music because I guess I'm looking for trouble, you know, from every category. And then I said, "Where did punk music start?" I said, "Well, I thought it started like." in Portland, Oregon, with the Kingsmen. Just a little refresher course about what we've been talking about with Louie Louie. Garage bands in the United States that started this stuff. So then I, I, you know, I started to look around and think, of, well, okay, punk music. I, I said I, was, I could find something I liked in every music, and I, like I said, I started out by uh, contradicting myself by saying, uh, oh, God, there's, <laughs> there's nothing here that I really like in, in, in death metal. But punk music, I can actually say, I like The Clash, although they're the least punky of all the punk bands in my mind. They're more like just like your basic rock and roll band that were, you know, part of that punk punk movement. And um, so I'm going to start off by being positive by saying, yeah, there, I like a couple of Clash songs. I really do. Uh, I like Train in Vain. I like Should I Stay or Should I Go? And I think their best song, and the people on YouTube concur, is Rockin' the Casbah, which is really... It's not a punk song. It's a pop song. It came later in the career, and it was catchy, and it was performed like a pop record. It didn't have all that angst and that, that fiery stuff that most early um, punk bands had where, you know, the thing about punk music is a lot of them took the same old three cards that have been bashed around for 30 years and just played them too fast, too loud, and too distorted and not that well. And as far as the singers go in punk music, once again, I told you I like singers. I can't find one that really is a singer, not, not in the traditional sense, which I guess is what their whole point was in the first place. We are rebelling against the man. We are rebelling against the man. We're going to take all these old, these old fart musicians and we're going to turn this thing upside down. Well, they did turn it upside down like a garbage can in some ways. They did do that. But really, fundamentally, the punk movement, which was the most popular in Great Britain, was a social movement because of the years of, uh, well, you know, the culture in, in the society in, in Great Britain was, had a class system. You know, and, and people had a very difficult time breaking out of that class system for many years. And the way they equalized it was to be essentially a socialist uh, government so, for so many years. And in, in the middle of the 70s, the young people who had really very little opportunities for jobs uh, and, and England was kind of, you know, it was, it was teetering on the brink there. Uh, the young people rebelled, and it makes sense. But it wasn't really a musical movement to me. It is, m- more than anything, a societal uh, a, a movement about you know the, the way the way the social social issues were being treated at the time. Now this guy, um, this guy John Holmes Holmstrom, 
who was the, the founding editor of Punk ma- Magazine, he says things like, but this is the best thing I like about, uh, about this whole thing, is that, that he, he said it was a, a, a DIY attitude, you know, do it yourself. And uh, saying things like, well, when, when they started calling Billy Joel and Simon Garfunkel rock, they knew there was time for a change. I just, I just don't know any people in those days who called Billy Joel and Simon Garfunkel rock. It's disingenuous. Billy Joel and Simon Garfunkel were wonderful pop stars, particularly Billy Joel, one of the best songwriters. And, and Simon and Garfunkel, great songwriters, but they were more of a folk act and a pop act than rock and roll. Nobody believed that. So it's it's ridiculous to even have that statement, but he goes on to say things uh, about that um, uh, punk rock was rock and roll by people who didn't have very many skills as musicians, but still felt the need to express themselves through music. And I say, well, good for you. What does that mean? I feel the need to, to express myself as a baseball player, so I may not be able to hit a pitch or or or, or how many balls and strikes there in that bat, but I'm going to go out here and run around because I feel the need to express myself. It's it's just insanity to me. And so, look, to be a rock musician, you do not have to be a virtuoso in in, in, in like uh, Heifetz, Horowitz, and classical music, or the great jazz pianists like Oscar Peterson, or great singers like Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, and pop music. No, you don't. But you have to have a basic level of skills. And what Punker said is, no, that's not important. And I beg to differ with you. If you're making music, you have to have an entry-level ability to play together and play in tune. You don't have to be perfectly in tune or perfectly in time. Still, you got to be somewhat. And they they seem to be anti-music to me in some in, in some ways. Uh, you know, just to, you know, look, when... When guys get on the stage and they play music really fast and really loud and they jump around and this is the the raison d'etre, okay, fine. If you find that audience, good for you. It's not for me. Not really. Because look, at 1977, The Clash declared, no Elvis, Beatles, or the Rolling Stone in 1977. How did that work out? Uh, Not good. Elvis, the Beatles, and Rolling Stones, my God, they're as popular now as ever, for goodness sakes. And the punk, the punk music, where is that? I mean, occasionally you're going to hear a, class, a Clash song, which I said before really is uh, it's the best of the bunch. You know, you're going to hear, you'll hear the Ramones once in a while with that Blitz, is it Blitzkrieg bop, I think, hey, ho, let's go. But, you know, even when I listen to the Ramones, I think to myself, you know, especially the records they recorded, they don't have that, that energy, that thrashing, you know, wild attitude in. They seem very controlled, whoever made those records. And so I, I think to myself, okay, you made it, you, you made it, you had a little success, good for you. But punk music as a whole, what has it done? And here, here's, my, here's my, biggest, my biggest complaint. The people who invented this stuff, the people who invented rock and roll, all right, Here's what you do. You just go, I'll read some of this stuff to you, but you just go to uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What does it mean? I'm not sure. But when you look at the very beginnings, they got some stuff right. I mean, you can disagree with, you know, what they've said in, over the years, who belongs, who doesn't belong. But the, all the early en- entrance um, people, uh, they seem to belong there without a doubt. Um, so I'm going to go to the, you can Google it and say the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the first entry people in there. Okay, who's on there? Well, you're going to find Elvis. Could Elvis sing in tune and in time? You bet he could. Chuck Berry. How about Chuck Berry? First guy up there? 
Could he play that guitar? Yes, he could. Could he write clever lyrics? Yes. Did he sing in, 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 in tune? Did he sing in time? Yes, he did. If you went right down the line, Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, Sam Cooke, Ray Charles, all these people, they were not people who couldn't play their instruments and sing in tune. There was, they, they passed the bar in flying colors. Now, were they doing the music of the day like Rosemary Clooney and Perry Como and Frank Sinatra of the 50s? No, they were not. They were not playing that. Were they, could they have sat in on some big band sessions, you know, with some of the great uh, swing bands? I, probably not. But the music they, they invented and they chose to play was done professionally. Absolutely. And I can't imagine any of these guys um, looking at these, the English punk bands or the Ramones or any of them or the Stooges and saying to myself, Jesus, how did it devolve into that? When did it become okay just not to have real skills, musical skills? Well, you know, a lot of these musicians and punk bands said, well, I don't feel I need that. Well, that's just, you know, I, 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 one of the Ramones once said that... Um, uh, you know, that, that he felt that you didn't have to have those kind of skills. Well, you know what that's an excuse for? Not, not taking the time to develop them. That's what I think it is, more than anything else. I mean, if you do something different, that's great. But like I said, musical skills count. And you look at the rock and roll, uh, the, the, you know, the first class, the first class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Just take a look and see who, who's on that list, for goodness sakes. You know what I mean? It, I just I, I named a whole bunch of them. Let's see if I can name some more. Well, I, I did say all those people. Who else is on here? They got, uh, well, the Alberti brothers. <laughs> sure, Little Richard. James Brown. James Brown couldn't, he, he played in time, he played in tune, he sang in tune. Funky, man, funky. I'm, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Aretha Franklin, all these people were had great musical skills in their own rights. Were they doing something different? They were but they were doing something musical. So that's my rant today, which is, is starting to sound like. I like The Clash. I found something I could like. I go back and I, live, I listen to God Save the Queen, you know, the thing that kind of started it all with the sex pistols and, the, and, and you know, Johnny Rotten and spitting on the crowd and diving in the audience. And like I said, a lot of, a lot of these the singers and punk bands didn't have to spend a lot of money on shirts you know, because they didn't wear any, so you could see their nipple piercings or their tattoos or whatever, and they could dive in. You know, that's those are just gimmicks to me. When you do that, that's that's the equivalent of the seventies rock bands. You know, wearing tight satin pants and and, and three inch heeled shoes, the platform shoes. That's, that's what it comes back to: is what is being done musically. Let's hear it. And what are the songs, the punk songs? Well, if you, have, if you want to disagree with me, write in. Uh, if, you, if you really dug punk music and you thought it had a lasting quality, fine, fine by me. I just don't see it. Now, the second generation punk bands, like Green Day, for instance, uh, they honed their skills. Green Day's they play great together. Great drummer, great bass player, great guitar player. Billy Joel sings in tune, cool songs. They always remind me of uh, like the the the, the uh, my generation that period of the Who. They listen to those records a lot, and you know what the Who, those early albums they had that quality, that thrashing kind of I'm out of control. You know I'm uh, I'm doing my thing, but man, John Entwistle, Keith Moon, Pete Townsend, Roger Daltrey, players and singers and songwriters, awful good. So here I am, kind of. Once again, contradicting myself, but I did find things I like. God Save the Queen gives me a chuckle, all right? And The Clash, the three songs I mentioned by The Clash, 
I like them. Here's another. Here's one last little um, tidbit. All these bands were they were they were um, railing against the man. Oh, we're going to rail against the man. Oh, the establishment. Oh, the man. It makes me laugh. The first thing you do as a recording artist is you sign a contract that decides how much money they're going to pay you per unit sold, whether it's a cassette, a CD, a record album. So these early people, Chuck Berry, James Brown, Ray Charles, Elvis, Little Richard, all those people, they they weren't reeling against the man. They wanted to be the man. That's what they wanted. Because what did they do? They ran out and bought Cadillacs. Chuck Berry wanted to get himself a Cadillac. Why not? Oh, sure. Elvis, how many Cadillacs did he keep? They weren't really against the man. They were just playing a new music. They wanted to be the man. They wanted to control their destiny, okay? They weren't railing against some some fake man from some fake establishment. And these these punk bands, same thing. Uh, are the Ramones letting their music be, be used in commercials? Well, that's the man. That's it. Okay, I think I'm done ranting and, and, and rolling here. Today is the Rant and Roll by Dennis DeYoung. I found some stuff I like in punk music. There, I've said it. Now, I hope you people have enjoyed this, and if you have not, please do me a favor and write in and say, Dennis, shut up. No, I'm kidding. Dennis, say, Dennis, I love you, because why do we do this other than that? I'm Dennis DeYoung, and I hope the, the universe is moving in your direction. Enlightening? Perhaps. Entertaining? Always. Thanks for listening to the podcast, Come Sail Away with Dennis DeYoung. Get the next new episode Friday morning at 7 a.m. on this website.